0: WellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up to date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show.
1: This episode of Wellness Win Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Uh, So it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I tricked Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me and their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families and express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Movement Radio. Um, so we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies onto the show. Hey there lovely listeners, thank you for joining us on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley and I'm Andrea and welcome to 2023, um, another year with, you know, the podcast, another year with Wellness Women Radio. Um, Ash, how was your Christmas period? Oh, I think pretty good
0: recharging i always think that uh you know quiet time is (laughs) is a win for me so the fact that it was low-key and pleasant and everyone's happy and healthy that's a huge win
1: how about you Uh, mine was uh pretty chaotic but i got to have my family here i got to have my sister and her partner over from belgium um my mom came uh you know like it was amazing uh i really thought that dean would have um tried to work overtime while they were here just to, you know, get a little bit of a break from the family, but he didn't. So that was a good sign. Um, And my sister is, you know, they live in Europe, so they're so used to having everything at their doorstep. So they're so used to so much adventure and, you know, stimulation and culture and everything. So we really like tried to, make them love Perth and, uh, try and, you know, keep them as entertaining as possible because I'm working so hard on getting them to move back to Australia. I don't know if it's working <laughs> yet, but. Uh. <laughs> i'm trying
0: uh that'll be i reckon that'll be a tough call given uh the the freedoms they have over there with regards to like you just said all the culture and things that uh, they enjoy but hey who knows throw uh throw any number of reasons to come back to australia beach sun lifestyle
1: yeah
0: there's a few good things on offer
1: (laughs) i know absolutely um okay so ash new year 2023 what does it have in store for you
0: Oh, great
1: question.
0: I think, you know, we're starting this episode, listeners, with the idea that, um, you know, we we get a chance every day of our life is a chance to reset and restart. But, of course, New Year's always bring to mind this idea of transformation and change. You know, it's an opportunity to rewrite the story or come up with some, you know, dreams and visions of things you want to do or, yeah, just go the direction that you choose. But um, for me, I think this year is about consolidating some of the things that we did together last year, you know, put in a lot of hard work to build some things together. And um, this year now it's about teaching that and growing. Um, so hopefully, not as much creation, finishing off a few things. So, you know, this episode's kind of dedicated to, you know, how we can. Uh, I guess enhance productivity or increase our attention and concentration and focus. Um, for me, focusing more on some of the things I need to finish is a big deal. So, putting oh. some deadlines on myself to get uh, some coursework done. So, right, yes, and also even just like silly little things. Like I started the week, I'm like, right, I've got to get a few things done. Some accountability at work. So I, you know, laid down the line. I'm like, right, ladies, if I haven't got this done by Monday, it's a hundred dollars in the you know in the pot for uh, you to spend on lunches with the whatever. It's just like holding myself to account. So just I love that. Different ways to do that.
1: And Ash, I, I totally work that way as well. I'm a little bit more of motivated by the stick rather than the carrot as well. Like <laughs> yeah. but the carrot would have to be something so good. Like when you were saying then you were finishing coursework um, that you need to get done. I, to me, I'm thinking, okay, how can I get in on this? And like, how can we have a weekend away where we just literally study and learn? Like, wouldn't that just be amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, like that would just, mm-hmm. feel and then when, when so finished, like throw a, <laughs> throw a reward in there. You know, a spa session. Woo, yeah. we do it. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, that would just be like absolute bliss. Uh- <laughs> so nice, so nice. And how about you? What's uh, What does twenty twenty three look like? Um, it's already like filling up so crazy like the first um quarter of this year is heaps of travel so i'm off to india again with hands on india in mid feb um and then you and i are teaching again in melbourne which is amazing um in march and then dean and i um are going to borneo in the start of april Um, So he really wants to check out the diving scene there. Apparently it's amazing. So we're going to Borneo um, and that's as far as I've got into the year. Like it's already three quarters of the way through January and normally at the start of Jan I would spend time planning the whole year. You know, I would know what that looks like. I would know the things that I want to be, um, you know, learning or completing or, you know, the whatever other challenges that I'm setting for myself, plus, you know, the things I'm working on with my own health or with my family and everything else. But I think having just such a crazy Christmas period, I don't feel like I've had that space to set that out yet um, mm. and I feel like I'm just chasing my tail, um, which means that I'm super unproductive. My headspace is so busy. I'm, I'm back at work so it's completely full of, you know, like patience and everything that I've got to do there. So... To actually focus, and I think that this episode that we're doing is perfect because it's so relevant for me as well, to actually sit down and focus and think about the way that I want the year to go or and how that fits into the big picture of how I want my life to go and not just piggyback on the back of what everybody else wants, Um, and so that I all of a sudden don't get to the end of the year and I haven't focused on the things that are meaningful and important to me rather than just being along for the ride. Does that kind of make sense?
0: absolutely and I think it's huge too when you just I love the way you said you know piggybacking um, on other people's you know ideas and values and it's so true isn't it because often in when it comes to things like new year um that whole idea of you know new year's goals or the, the, the what are you planning what are your intentions often it's just there's so much hype and who around it that we will sort of hear someone else say something, calling it "Oh, cool!" You know, I, I think I'll do that too, or mm-hmm. "Oh, that's what I need to do," or "Oh, you know, 2023 is a year of travel." But if it doesn't really resonate you with you, and it's not really a thing, then it's kind of like pushing uphill, isn't it? It's this idea that we're not living in alignment with our own personal values. So it can be really hard, actually, to figure out that i know that over the last few years mine has shifted a little and i love the way you talk about travel i didn't even you know kind of re- well remember to say that we're away for a few months in europe like oh, you're
1: taking <laughs> it's, a massive trip yeah, which is incredible
0: it's like, yeah it's not like it's um forgotten it's just simply because i think r- travel's been off the radar for so long that yeah. i just didn't kind of put it as a high value it somehow dropped down a little bit so i really hope that it's recognized my travel bug because it's always been such a big passion just like you culture, people, places, spaces, you know, just reframing life, seeing how other people live, you know, exploring. It's um, it's such a high order value for both of us. Um, mm. But, you know, in terms of whether we have to have goals and intentions, I love that conversation too because I know a lot of people will push back and say, but, yeah, you know, what's the point of setting new intentions if you're just mm. going to break them? Um, yeah. Something I, I hear quite often. And I think that's also um, relates to, again, like you've talked about, the idea of planning, you know, productivity, this idea of setting down, setting intentions that actually align with what you want and what your desires and intentions are for yourself. Um, and then of course the people around you, but spending time doing it is the key. And I think, you know, for most of us, like you've just mentioned as well. So I haven't done it either. Like by this time I am exactly like you. you I've figured stuff out. I haven't even, like pulled my like card I do my reading cards every year like I just haven't even done that stuff and you just mentioned you know that we've been most of the way through January and it's just so true so I don't know if that just reflects the pace of life um, for all of us or you know priorities or whatever it is but um, rather than making excuses I think it's really nice to explore uh, what that means and why so many people struggle to follow through or to create that focus in their life that I think we're all attracted to people who, I hate to say the word, have their shit together, but it's true, isn't it? The people Mm. that often magnetise us or hypnotise us with their brilliance are the people who kind of have their stuff in order. There's a degree of organisation about their life. There's a degree of positivity. There's a degree of commitment. Like there's just things there that um, put those people in our eyesight. It's the things that make us go, oh, wow. And it's not necessarily a, a fake Um, image you know people say oh yeah but everything online can be crafted it's very true but i think just if you think about the quiet people in your life they've still got a degree of order about Mm. you know often the people we admire have a degree of um consistency too i think is another key key for things so I do think, you know, to to squeeze the best out of what we love about um, our lives, we do have to have a little bit of order, and uh, and that comes down to this idea that we're going to talk about tonight, which is how many of our clients have chatted to us, and probably the recent, I'd say, six to twelve months, has been a real focal point. Mm-hmm. I feel like the last year in particular, maybe it's been um related to just more discussions. Uh, less taboo uh, around this discussion, but it's really relating to adult diagnosis of ADHD and probably more specifically in women because I think, you know, our circles mm. predominantly are women. Um, most people can sort of feel like they can identify the men in their life with ADHD, but but the women are often falling through the cracks and um, the question is, is there an increasing, you know, incidence uh, and rate of adult ADHD or are we just living such chaotic lives influenced by so much noise, clutter, stuff, technology, speed, pace, expectation, you know, does that essentially kind of make all of us susceptible to this idea that we are disordered, you know, that we are disorganised? Some days I feel like, you know, I could tick quite a few of the boxes on the uh, questionnaires. And obviously it's <laughs> Me- not minimizing ADHD because obviously, you know, that's a, a clinical diagnosis that requires a lot of testing, you know, a lot of um, consultation with psychologists and potentially psychiatrists. But um, I think all of us realize that we are being affected by the pace of life.
1: And I love that there's this um just to sort of cycle back a little bit from what you were saying about before ash there's there's certainly a bit of a movement for a slowing down and for mm. even like a less attachment to the achieving and the you know like the very masculine things of of the lists and the order and the ch- achievement and the um you know the work focus and all of that sort of stuff but um And, you know, I love seeing, um, you know, stories of women um, who are becoming homesteaders, who are, um, you know, homeschooling their children and they're, uh, you know, they're growing food from scratch and all that. And that is so beautiful and um, such a lovely way to live their life and will be so serving and fitting for so many people. Um, However, the things that light me up are different. And so it's totally okay to want to, um, feel a sense of purpose in other ways and that's certainly where you and I resonate as well um, where we have a very strong calling and a very strong sense of purpose um, and to be able to feel like we are fulfilling that there needs to be that sense of, of order or we need to be able to just um, live within our own integrity that is meeting that purpose if that makes sense and um, And I think that there's certainly a level of overwhelm that comes with this and just with modern life. Um, And we see it in kids all the time as well that, you know, some of them just need a slower pace and some of them just need a different tune to be playing and they just can't quite keep up with the intensity that, you know, some systems um, are overwhelming, are overwhelming them with. And you know, I had a patient in um, this week who is a school principal who, and and her daughter fits that category perfectly. And they were wondering, you know, is this um, kid possibly, you know, needs some sort of diagnosis, or is it simply that she needs a different environment and a slower pace? And that's what they've decided on, which has suited her so beautifully. Um, yeah that's
0: amazing i'm a bit of an i mean you know i think the this. The education we you know receive in Australia, uh, for education is just phenomenal, and we're such a privileged nation um, that so many countries are envious of the quality of our education systems. However, I'm an anti homeworker You know, like I don't think mm-hmm. anyone should come home with homework when you've got seven seven and a half hours face time at school to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that could be very um, challenging for some people listening, thinking, "But hang on, how do you how do you consolidate all that?" But I just feel if you can't learn it in that amount of time, you're not meant to learn it. Like there's so many hours in a day to be doing learning and opportunity to grow and expand your brain. Um, It shouldn't have to come home. And so I'm kind of like wondering how I'm going to push back when it comes time for my own children to come home with homework because – yeah, uh, over the years I've just looked at so many children and discussed with so many families of these children coming home from school, and instead of going outside, moving and having a great time, climbing trees, I don't know digging the dirt, going to the beach, playing in the park, they're sitting on their butts at home trying to get homework done with parents dragging them through, you know, the the books to try and get them to do it. I'm like this surely is not healthy. You know, this surely can't be the best way for our brains to grow and develop. So, um, you know, and, it can, and we talk about that idea of attention, but sometimes it's the the requirement of consistent attention that makes us all feel um disordered we, we can't keep focusing it's like there's too much requirement for attention so we actually need to have time for our brain to drift to do things that are creative to do things that are you know less linear less structured um, that's you know healthy functioning of the left and right sides of the brain so I'm sort of interested to see how this pathway goes for us in our family over the years ahead because I'm just (laughs) wondering what conversations I'll end up having with teachers
1: um I love that also there's this idea as well it's not necessarily that there's a an issue with the focus it's where that focus is going so if there's something that they're just not interested in at all and I know I'm exactly the same I can sit down and read and study and dive into things for hours and hours on end and the time will just fly by but as soon as it's a subject that is um just you know something that is just so beyond the way my brain works like numbers for example (laughs) I could not care less you know Mm. it is just not the way I'm good it's not the way I work so you know like I outsource all of that stuff just because I cannot or just do not want to put it into my head um, and I'm not going to do it well. So, um, okay, we're totally digressing here. But <laughs> um, Ash and I had this idea that we wanted to sort of address the increased rate at which patients are coming to us asking do you think that I need to, you know, be assessed for ADHD? Do you think that I'm displaying qualities of these things? I think, you know, I've got some sort of attention deficit type condition. And that's certainly a question that we ask and it's it's not something that we ever minimise and we certainly encourage them to seek, you know, that support that's appropriate. But at the same time we can ask questions around is your diet, lifestyle and environment – not conducive at the moment, to feel grounded, centered, focused and on task? Are you so overwhelmed that it's creating that chronic stress, burnout, anxiety, mood issues, sleep problems and everything else? And a lot of the time, um, obviously not always, but a lot of the time um, a lot, these symptoms respond to these timeless health principles and a change in the way we're working with these um sort of conditions, i guess mm.
0: Mm, absolutely, and I think that there's so many times where um you know it's it's clear enough in a in a school classroom environment to see children that are drifting, but in life in you know in an adult world, it's really hard to recognize the needs of adults and where those symptoms might be causing them problems in their life, you mm. know, and how far reaching that consequence could be, because if a child's not diagnosed you know a person's not diagnosed in childhood then it's far less likely going to be diagnosed in adulthood. Um, so that's why so many, and I'm going to say women, because again, you know, we often see men diagnosed just because of the hyperactivity level of mm. the behaviour, but women have less likely to have that part of the the spectrum of the diagnosis. Um, It's usually inattention, you know, distraction, um, as Mm. opposed to activity, you know, hyperactivity. And even women who have, you know, siblings, they'll say, oh, yeah, my brothers, you know, um, were diagnosed with ADHD, but I was the quiet one. And yet, they also have it because there's a strong genetic predisposition to the condition. So, um, yeah, I just find that I find that's interesting because I think there's good reason for women to say, "Well, hang on, maybe I have been overlooked or misdiagnosed with other things, you know, anxiety or depression um, treatment that hasn't really targeted the root cause of why they feel the way that they're feeling." So,
1: yeah, yeah, consistent symptoms that I see that come up in women, um, Mm. in particular, like adult women who, um asking these questions it's the consistency of the overwhelm yes the lack of focus um not always the hyperactivity um they'll feel super disorganized um even though sometimes they're not they feel that way they feel like they've got terrible poor management um, time management skills um, poor planning skills they get frustrated with themselves really quickly and easily. And they feel mm. like they're impulsive in certain ways. Um and sometimes this is their self-perception of it as well. And it's interesting that these symptoms overlap so much, again, with, you know, women who are very time poor, overwhelmed, overcommitted. Um and also um there can be that level of comparison as well, thinking that, you know, everybody else has got it all together, but they don't. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the I see this very direct correlation between the amount of social media time and therefore the lack of green or nature time contributing to those symptoms so much as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's often associated with substance abuse. So it's, you know, it's a a common connection there. So when women do look at their their teens and 20s and realise, hang on, you know, there was this connection too and my life hasn't got any better since then, even though I've sort of outgrown those phases, but there's still a high degree of disorganisation about their life experiences, um, it can be really helpful to get support and to, you know, understand there's different ways to approach it that are not always pharmacological um, because, you know, here in Australia at the moment I was reading some statistics, you're looking at three to six months before you even get into an appointment to be able to start the diagnostic process. So in that time, you know, there's some really helpful things that we can be doing to just eliminate those lifestyle factors that you mentioned, Andrea, that could be uh, supportive of just Increasing, you know, better brain, better body. Um, for me, the big ones often um, I've recognised that I uh, wish I had some research support, you know, position. But it's just looking at sleep, you know, the the lack of sleep and whether that's you know because of or causing of. I often find that's a tricky one to to realise is what the sleep causing dysfunction or is the dysfunction causing lack of sleep. Like I. I don't have the answer. But mm. looking at all the things that become sleep supportive, you know, the the pathways um, for me are always increasing exercise. Yeah. You know, it's the number one thing I see that creates an instantaneous and positive improvement in people's performance. You know, and finding that they actually have reduced symptoms just from increasing the exercise. Now, it's no surprise, really, is it, to us in the world we work in? But, you know, a lot of people just don't realize something so simple can be so powerfully effective. Um, So, yeah, what sort of things do you talk to um, your clients about when you find out that they're feeling, you know, this overwhelmed disorganization? Mm -hmm. Because I know that I've always been a proponent for, you know, the, eat, move, think, you know, so this whole process of what we eat, you know, how we move and what we're thinking, um, changes the brain, changes the nervous system, both positively and negatively, depending on what we're doing. So, uh, I always go through that three phase, you know, eat, move, think it's just kind of my protocol, um, in regards to recommendations. What do you tend to do? Uh,
1: oh, and Ash, that's so good and so sound as well. And it's interesting you were talking about the sleep and I know that there is a lot of good research around that. And, um, um, attention and impulsiveness too. Um, I know that Andrew Huberman from the Huberman Lab has got great, great research on that, and just that dopamine regulation and you know serotonin and everything else, and and the involvement that sleep has with that, um, and. Certainly, when you're talking about the the eat portion of, um, you know, looking at how we can help to improve someone's symptoms, um, there's a number of review reviews um, that detail like the efficacy of elimination diet elimination mm. diets for behavioural improvements in children. Um, and we know that there's overlap with adults as well. Um, so two that have been conducted recently, so there was a meta-analysis and systematic reviews, and these are very high-level, very good quality evidence, revealing that children with ADHD who restrict um, sugar and artificial sweetness and also eliminate all of the colors and preservatives that we know aren't good for them anyway. It improves their behavior and attention and performance. So there's less triggers for their nervous system, which I just think is amazing. So there's really good quality research around that. We also know, and this.
0: that just plays down to the whole gut brain axis you know connection, Absolutely. there isn't it? And so yep. when we're talking about this, um, go back to some of the old episodes because we've covered this in depth as to why the gut influences psychology. Yeah. So it's you know really important to understand that why to I guess reinforce you know positive change in behavioural choice.
1: Um, and we know that the the really key things there are the refined sugars artificial sweeteners, the chemical food additives, um, and then the preservatives. But on the flip side, if there's nutritional deficiencies, so even things like, you know, iron, B12, zinc, there's that old saying without zinc, you can't think, Um, you know, those sorts of things. So we always do like a thorough assessment of, okay, if if this is more than just you feeling like you just can't get you know, your stuff together, then let's take a deeper look at this. Let's look at the diet. Let's unpack that. Let's, you know, what do we need to add in or take out and then assess whether or not they are deficient in certain things. And I just think that that's always such a great place to start. Um, as you were talking about the gut-brain access and the microbiome we know is so important for, you know, our brain function. And I see so commonly that patients who do display these sort of tendencies have an imbalance in the microbiota and in particular the thing that I see consistently is streptococcus overgrowth. So this is the patient presentation of someone who can't sit still, who's always fidgeting, who, um, you know, may not be able to focus and make eye contact with you, who um, needs to interrupt, like all of those sorts of things. That's the that almost constitution that I see with those patients with the strep overgrowth and that's well documented as well. So I just think that that is fascinating. Um from there so it's like okay let's get the diet under control and then do we need to add in anything so we know for that really good dopamine regulation it's the exercise it's a really good quality protein um are there you know micronutrients or um you know vitamin deficiencies that we need to look at um are they getting enough omega-3 fatty acids? And again, there's really good research showing how, um, you know, your omega-3s improve ADHD symptoms. Um, anything that's going to help to support obviously the sleep and relaxation pathways, that attention and focus. Um, there's a big push in functional medicine for things like adaptogens um you know so essentially herbs that are supporting that specific adrenal function for example but also nootropics as well now that's not my area of expertise and i need to look into it further but there's a lot of those sorts of things coming out to help um, you know with brain focus and attention um but there's also um specific types of of herbs that we use to help just improve attention and focus. And I know all through uni, especially during exams, I would take things like ginseng and ginkgo and, you know, obviously my ashwagandha, is ashwagandha um, mm. certainly magnesium. But interestingly enough, I always found my best performance was when I meditated a little bit and I moved a little bit. Mm. And it didn't even have to be excessive, but just when I had a bit of consistency for some downregulation of my nervous system and moving my body, I always perform better. Um, yeah. So yeah. you know that that was just from from my uh, own <laughs> sort of anecdotal data. Um, certainly, there can be other factors that contribute to these symptoms. So we know poor diet um, the things that we've talked about before, vitamin D deficiency, even excessive exposures to certain types of chemicals, including antibiotics, all of that has been shown to be contributing factors to a certain change in our nervous system that gives us these symptoms as well.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And I like that, you know, you're talking about um, the changes because one of the big ones that I will often recommend if people haven't heard of it or, um, engaged in the process i recommend recommend routinely cognitive behavioral therapy for anyone who's feeling you know sort of really um like life is disordered dysfunctional in some way because there's really strong research to show that cbt has a very positive influence on our adhd um and it's considered one of the most helpful approaches to managing the problems associated with it. So I think, you know, it's really important to consider that there's counselling-style um, treatment as well, which is really helpful. And look, uh, CBT is actually just learning a range of life skills that can help reduce the impacts of any you know, of the effects of ADHD. And this, you know, relates to education, thinking, planning, time management skills, some of these things we just never got taught at school, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, how many classes did we sit down and they taught us how to do life you know, how to organise ourselves, how to coordinate, um, you know, paying bills and doing all these things that create the overwhelm. Because if you don't know how to do them, when you have a lack of skills – or a lack of understanding, or a lack of, you know, awareness of what is needed, it can be incredibly overwhelming because you don't have the skills to perform or complete those tasks. Mm -hmm. So, the pile just loads up bigger and bigger and bigger until overwhelm turns into burnout. Um, So, some of these things relate to just understanding, you know, some strategies, learning how to use calendars and tasks, and things that will just make life more organized, like you and I do, you know, secondhand. Like, we don't even think twice. It's just (laughs) You just do it, don't you? But for a lot of people, that's not normal. That's not natural. Um, I've struggled with the transition between paper to digital, um, that everyone expects things in a digital format now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always been very handwritten, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. colours, highlighters, because I'm so visual. So I do struggle with the digital formats of, you know, organisation these days, Mm -hmm. which I find really interesting because it's not like it's a new thing. It's years and years and years. But if I had my preference, I'd still prefer to pick up a paper diary and write everything out. And yet other people think that's just madness because it's, you know, but what if you lost your diary? You'd lose everything. Once it's in the cloud, you know, it's always there and everyone can see it and you can share it with all your friends. Like, I get it. Like, your logic, I agree with it. It's completely logical, but my poor little brain just can't handle it. <laughs> so, and, actually um, I'm the same.
1: Like, I'm constantly refining the way that I do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, fortunately I've got, like, a team who <laughs> I can delegate and offload things to, but I, you know, and Dean is – it tells me all the time that my attention and my time management and my, you know, all of that is something that's a constant thing that needs work. But his interpretation of it is because I just take on so much. So I know for me, I cannot have more than three projects at once. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as I go over that, everything just spills over. And one of those projects always has to be the practice. (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah. so that that's always um a project. And then, you know, the other two things. Are Dean and Puppies a project as well? <laughs> well I if that, I <laughs> see I try not to put them on as a project, uh um, because otherwise I'm missing. You need space right. as <laughs> a Um but obviously I always try and, and make them feel like they're a priority in the best way that you know I can. Um yeah. and I I have to try and figure out ways for things to line up in my brain in line and rank and order. Yes. And... I'm very good at being so distracted and procrastinating like it is my job. So I have to um, just overcompensate for it and, you know, over time has figured out strategies to to sort of do that. But, And we've done a procrastination episode as well just to kind of segue into that, um, if that is going to be helpful for people. But it's a constant
0: I think that's really important though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's so important to have some strategies for reducing distraction, for increasing attention span because it doesn't come naturally. The world yeah. is designed to distract us. What do yes. you think marketing and media are all about, right? Why do you think when you're scrolling on our, our phones we look at two things and suddenly half an hour later we're still there and it's like, whoa, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, we The world is intentionally distracting us, so um, having structure around how we control those distractions is super important. Now I don't really have a great long list of, you know, advice there because I tend to find everyone's very different on this Mm. I will have very variable levels of distraction on social media for example I could go a week without looking at anything Mm. and people you know wouldn't even know what's going on in the world and then the next week I might you know double my attention to it. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, that was a real waste of time. But it, sometimes it just relates to the sensation of um, probably just needing distraction. Like, you know sounds oh, like like, totally. it's actually I, a, a it desire for distraction. Like it's a waste of time.
1: So... <laughs> I never get off that mindless scrolling feeling better. Yeah, <laughs> and it's then, a strange And yet thing. it still happens.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't know if we've covered all that very well, but I, I think the key there is to before we ever opt for, you know, medication or, or more Uh, probably more definitive solutions, I always love to just address lifestyle first. You know, I just think because ultimately it doesn't matter what we do, we we can't just dump pills in and change the environment. So Mm -hmm. you still have to change the other things around you first. So even if a child is on Ritalin, for example, that's not a get-out-of-jail-free card for them to eat anything they want. You know, it's still – a structured environment such as proper eating plan you know inclusive of good sleep hygiene meaning that there's structured bedtime routines it's not just that pill that's going to solve the problem they're experiencing in their life so you know i say that to adults as well even if you are taking you know a medication uh, for this you still have to adopt a supportive lifestyle you still have to choose good environmental choices such as you know, going to bed on time, you know, drinking plenty of water, eating the right foods, you know, it's, it's that whole concept of holism which is not just going to be fixed by a pill. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You can't, you know, medicate or supplement your way out of crappy diets, terrible lifestyle, complete overwhelm, stress and anxiety. Like it just, mm. we already know time and time again it just doesn't work that way. Um, okay, so I think, Ash, in summary, there are – tools to look at if you feel like you're fitting into this category and maybe you are trying to answer some questions about whether or not you may have some issues there. Um, So are there diet and lifestyle changes that need to happen? Is it an environmental, um, you know, shift that needs to happen for you as well? And is that something that you need support with? Are there obvious nutritional deficiencies or mineral deficiencies or anything else going on that you can start on the process of addressing to see if this helps to support your symptoms as well? Um, Hmm. and is your gut in good shape? You know, so say, what's the gut doing? How's that affecting you? Mm -hmm. Yep. How are you down regulating and calming down your nervous system? Um, and then... oh
0: let's give some vagal
1: tone tri- tips because i always okay. think that's a great
0: great thing to go if you go away with nothing else it's like cool well let's just all do something that's good for um the vagus nerve and vag- vagus nerve exercises are one of my favorite things so i'm always like look if you do
1: nothing else
0: you can do a couple of these key things that can make a huge difference so let's finish up with just some quick uh, vagus nerve exercises what's your go-to uh
1: okay singing gargling and humming that's it yeah <laughs> it's that simple right yep. um
0: so when you know that you can realize that so all you have to do for example every time you brush your teeth um gargle water for 30 to 60 seconds
1: yeah awesome
0: okay singing doesn't matter it's not about whether you're in tune or any good at it it's just about exercising the vocal cords yep. um and the I alming mean, set similar sort of concept just that vibration that exercising mm-hmm. the vocal cords the stimulus of the vagus nerve um so yeah the word the om um, that uh, yoga oming um, is oh, actually beautiful. got a bit of research <laughs> yeah well i don't know but thank you i i don't do it for, for for credits i don't think i'm a good singer at all but um you know it's uh, talks this research in the international journal of yoga that found that chanting om was actually really helpful in deactivating parts of the limbic system that are involved in our stress and emotional responses so you know Go a little amygdala, let's calm the farm and uh, and make the brain and body feel good. Um, and, of mm. course, laughing as well, you know, lots of LOLs. Yes. It's uh, really important to have uh, a bit of fun, a bit of laughter in life. So if nothing else, turn on a really silly, ridiculous movie and have a giggle.
1: Oh, so good. Okay, I love that. Um, all right, so ladies, if you are experiencing some of these symptoms, just know that there is so much overlap there with things like chronic stress and anxiety, um, and maybe those are the points to start with, to st- you know, help to calm down your system and help you to feel less overwhelmed. All right. We are the Wellness Women. You've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are Dr. Ashley Brown and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are Raising the Bar for Women's Health. And until next week, be well.